Luke chapter 9, verse 18, 19, and 20. Matthew chapter 16, verse 17, 16, 17, and 18. And Luke chapter 9, verses 21 and 25. I've inserted Matthew. It's the same story, just Matthew gives a little bit more context. And so that's why I inserted uh, him, his writing. Uh, reading from the Passion Translation. One time when Jesus was praying in a quiet place with his disciples nearby, he came over to them and asked them, who do people think I am? They answered, some are convinced you are, prof you are the prophet John who returned from the dead. Others say you are Elijah or perhaps one of the Jewish prophets brought back from the dead. Jesus asked them, but who do you believe that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, uh, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my heaven, by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, and we heard about rock last week, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Luke chapter 9, verse 21 to 25. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell this to anyone yet, saying, the Son of Man is destined to experience great suffering. Uh, that's what Good Friday was all about. And face complete rejection by the Jewish leaders and religious hierarchy. He will be killed and raised back to life on the third day. Jesus said to all of his followers, if you truly desire to be my disciple, my learner, you must disown your own life completely. Embrace my cross as your own and surrender to my ways. For if you choose self-sacrifice, giving up your lives for my glory, you will embark on a discovery of more and more true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you will lose what you try to keep. Even if you gain all the wealth and power of this world, everything in it, everything in it, it could offer you, yet lose your soul in the process, what good is that? I, I want to speak to you on a subject, sitting at the desk of Jesus. Sitting at the desk of Jesus. Uh, when I, when I moved into my office, uh, our administrative office is across the street next to the park, next to the parking lot, and when I moved uh, from the first floor to the third floor, I decided that I wanted a, uh, a different kind of desk than the one that I had for many years. Uh, a desk, if you look up the definition of desk, it's described as a table, a counter at which a specific job is performed or a service is 
offered. So service is offered at a desk. A desk should not be temporarily out of order or out of service. The Latin word for desk is desca, D-E-S-C-A, and it means a table to write on. So a desk is really uh, a table. I, I was looking in the room where the kingdom kids uh, uh, meet for Sunday school, and they have tables. But those tables are really desks. They do work there. Uh, and there are all kinds of desks. For example, in uh, image number one, uh, there's what I call the basic uh, school classroom desk. Uh, of course, uh, uh, most of you who are younger than I probably don't have a desk like this, but that was kind of how our desks were when we were children. Uh, there are also uh, what I call basic desks, like you know, one in Elder Roy's office is a nice executive desk, uh, looks very presidential. And then uh, there are also other desks that are like this so that you're not too uh, uh, sedentary. And uh, you know we have these watches now, Google watches and Apple watches like this one and Fitbits that tell you to stand up so that you're not always sitting down. So some people have desks like this that keeps their, them standing up. Then, of course, there is, if you've ever been to a hotel, there's a hotel front desk uh, where you check in. And then there's even uh, what I call an exercise desk where you can, yeah, where you can multitask and, and keep it moving. And those of you who were raised in high church, like high church, they would call this podium what? The sacred desk. The sacred desk. And so uh, there's all kinds of desks, but the one thing that, you know, what is the one thing that all these desks have in common? And the answer is work is expected to get done at the desk. You don't get a desk if you don't intend to do work. And if we expect to hear Jesus say to us, well done, good and faithful or dependable servant, then, and that's found in Matthew chapter uh, 25, verse 21 and 23. If we expect to hear those words, it's well done. Say well done. Well done. Again, say it's well done. Said it again. It's well done. You see, reason why I say that is because we hear the words "well done," but we seem to interpret it as in the words "well intentioned." Because a lot of Christians ain't doing much. In fact, when we talk about service to God, we're not we're not talking about what you're doing now. See, see. This is not service. If this was service, boy, the, the, the rewards in heaven, the, the bar is very low. I grew up in a day where if you win, you win. And if you lose, you lose. Winners bring back stuff, losers don't. Now in this day when we don't want anybody's feelings to be hurt, everybody gets a prize. Everybody gets a prize. Everybody is a winner. This is going to be a rude awakening when we get into heaven. 
But God, where's my pride? God's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's well done, not well intentioned. Mm. Turn your name and say, neighbor. neighbor. If you were God, and you were in heaven, what reward would you get? Anyways, let's keep going. It's quiet in here. The good news is that you're alive. So that means you can take a makeup test. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I must sit at the Jesus' desk. D-E-S-C. It says here, I must disown my life. I must embrace Jesus' cross. I must surrender having my own way. And I must choose. Now, I have it forced on me. Choose self-sacrifice for the glory of God. This is the season that we must sit at Jesus' desk if we're going to get work done. First of all, I must disown my own life. I must disown my own life. As I said before, uh, you know, this is Sunday service. And so you may say, well, why is it called service if I'm kind of just sitting down? Because it's really we're coming to serve God. We're coming to serve God. How, how can I serve you as the audience of one? And so there's a scripture that Jesus says, um, no, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Because when I was sick, you visited me. Okay. When I was in prison, you visited me. And they were like, well, when did you, when I, when I didn't have anything, you gave me something. And they're like, when, when did this happen? And he said, when you did it to the least of these. When's the last time we've served the least of these? The broken, the hurt. I've discovered in my own life now is that there's sometimes when I will give money to you know panhandlers or people who you know are broken or and and you know in the back of your mind sometimes you're like oh they're going to use it for something that they shouldn't be using it for but I've discovered I've still given it anyways because because sometimes I can talk about you but before I wouldn't give anything and I've discovered that my heart was becoming callous. And now they were almost looked at as people to be avoided. And we all need to understand that we are always one inch away from the grace of God. He says, not only should I disown my life, it's no longer mine, but I need to embrace the cross. In fact, embrace Jesus' cross. I, I need to embrace his cross. What does that look like? Habakkuk, his 
here's this prophecy. Most of us don't know, probably don't even haven't read Habakkuk, and that's fine. But Habakkuk hears from the Lord this plan that God has, and he is not, he does not like what God said. And he says in chapter two, it's only three chapters, you can read it. In chapter two, he says to God, God, I don't like the way you've answered my prayer. And he says, I'm going to get in my watchtower and I'm going to pray and you're going to have to give me an answer because what you just said is crazy. It makes no sense. So God gives him the answer. He still doesn't like the answer, but in but he close he closes his writings in chapter three. Now here's the point: Habakkuk's name it is a Hebrew name which means to embrace. And what it's basically saying is that God, I don't like what you said. I don't like what's happening to me. But because I love you, I will embrace what I don't like because you want me to. So he ends it. He doesn't hear what he wants to hear, but he ends his writings. He starts with a complaint, but he ends with a compliment. He starts in panic, but he ends with praise. And he says these words. He says, even though the fig trees are all destroyed and there are no blossoms left nor fruit, though the olive crops all fail, meaning there's no anointing oil, and the fields lie barren, even the flocks die in the fields, even the cattle bonds are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be happy in the God of my salvation. The, why, why am I happy when everything has blown up in my life? Because the Lord is, God is my strength. He will give me the speed of a deer and bring me safely over this mountain. I don't know what you're going through, but God will bring you not simply around the mountain, but over the mountain. That's why you need to rejoice. And embrace your cross. Embrace your cross. Embrace hardship. Welcome it because you know why. Because you know that all things are working together for good. Romans chapter 8 verse 28. It is, a, it is an indication to God that I, tr my trust is in you, not in the circumstance. The word welcome is a, is a powerful word because I said it comes from an old English word. Will kuma, which simply means, will means desired and kuma means guest. So welcome means you're a guest that I desire. Are there any first-time guests here? If you're a first-time guest, could you stand up? If you're a first-time guest, then... Okay, very good. All right, stop. stop, stop. Oh, man. Okay, stop. No more people standing. So, see, you messed up. Okay. No more people standing. Okay, no more. No more. See? So, I want you here. And yeah, I want you here. I want you here. Like the Jackson 5 said, I want you back. <laughs> God bless you. You may be seated. Okay. I was anointed when I bought four. Amen. Remind me I have to get some for the second service. 
People want to go where they are celebrated, not tolerated. And it's sad to say, but churches are some of the most unfriendly places. You're a first-time guest, people looking at you like, what you doing here? You breaking up our party. As, 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 as Elder Roy loves to joke, and it's so true, when we were, when we were much smaller and desperate, as I said, you know, praise God for Easter, to, to think that we had you know, so many people, it was crazy. But back then, uh, we didn't, we were so, we were so, we were the church, we didn't even have guests on Easter. You know that's bad. <laughs> we didn't, see, y'all think I'm lying. We didn't have one guest. And you know how I know because this, and, and this is how we welcomed first-time guests. We so Elder Roy, he just, you know, he just uh, gets saved. He's from, you know, went to Tufts, comes to the church for the first time. And, and uh, so the, 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 the preacher says, uh, are there any strangers? <laughs> That's how we greet him. Oh, no, 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 no. Because you're right. Because they're not, are there any strangers? Because we didn't have any first-time guests. So once they saw Elder Roy... They were like, I, the, the Greek was, I see there's a stranger in our midst. And Elder Roy is looking around like, who's the stranger? And realized that everybody was looking at him. Now, now that just brings kudos of warmth to your soul. Like, oh, I want to come back. We, we want to be welcome, welcoming as a church. That's why later on we sing the welcome song and we get up and we shake people's hands. Hint, hint, hint. We get up and shake people's hands. Hint, hint, hint. And said, you know, thanks for coming. Okay, of course you may not have to do it this morning because I bribed them through Dunkin' Donut gift cards. But the point is, is that you want to be a place that, that, that is welcoming. And Jesus says, I want you to welcome my cross. Because the more you die, the more I live. Oh, you got to work at my desk. Disown your life. Embrace my cross. Surrender to having my own ways. Oh, man. I really believe that God, well, I'll talk about me. God created marriage to make me a better Christian. Oh, I can say that ne next, next month we celebrate uh, 35 years. Ah, mm, you're still fine and bless the Lord. Uh, but, but, whoo, Jesus. I'm warning all of you all about to get married. This is going to be surrender to having my own ways. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. I wish I had time to work that, but I, I just can't. Oh, Jesus. Anyways, and then to choose a life of self-sacrifice to the glory of God. It's like the first one, surrender to have my own ways. I learned that through marriage, and you don't have to be married. It's just more painful. 
But bless the Lord. Choosing self-sacrifice for the glory of God. Parents, could you raise your hand up? Lord, have mercy. Choosing, to, you, know, you know what? I discovered, that's why I'm so good. Now, now we have adult kids, you know, God, God is good. That's, you know, it's good to watch these young couples just go through the pain. <laughs> and I look at it, it's like, you have no idea. I was like, really? <laughs> but, 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 you know, your kids don't care if you work till 12 midnight and they wake up at 2 and say, change me. And they don't stop. And they just keep crying and crying and crying and crying and and they don't care. They don't care. Parents, they don't care, do they? They don't care. Some of you sitting there right now falling asleep during my sermon because you found out your kids don't care. And we learn self-sacrifice. They don't care if you have to change their diaper eight times. They don't care. You don't you you say to your baby. You, you went, yeah, see? You went to the bathroom again? <laughs> they don't care. They're like... <laughs> Self-sacrifice. God gave you children to make you a better Christian. <laughs> like, oh, so that's who you are. <laughs> you, Jesus. So as we embark on where God has taken us as believers... If we're going to be the church that God is calling us to be, if we're going to make impact on our jobs, impact on our neighborhoods, Jesus is going to ask us to do things that will, will make us disown our own lives, embrace his cross, surrender to having our own ways, and to choose a life of sacrifice, self-sacrifice. Not for nothing, but for the glory of God. And there's some things I believe that the Lord is asking some of you all to do for his glory. And your flesh is saying, your human nature is saying, I don't want to, I don't have time for that. Nobody ever has time to do what God asked them to do. That's why we must surrender to heaven.